Hey, this is Andrew, and welcome to episode 41 of Inbound Agency Journey. Today, we've got a great conversation between Gray and Lance Cummings. Lance is the CEO and founder of Nectify, an inbound agency. He's based in Boston, but the team is remote. He's got team members all around the world. And in this conversation, Gray and Lance dig into the strategy that he followed as he's grown the business, how he's decided when to bring folks on, what that criteria looks like, and how he funded the entire process as he went from his basement now to an up-and-growing inbound marketing agency. It's a great conversation. I think you're going to get a lot of great tips out of this if you're a business trying to get up and get running. Lance has some great things to share. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie, and today I'm excited to bring on Lance Cummins from Nectify to talk about the story behind his agency and the growth that they've experienced over the last couple of years. Lance, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gray. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. So, Lance, uh, we were just talking before hitting the record button, and I think that I saw the Nectify brand come out, which is pretty memorable, in 2013. Um, and so I'm just curious to know kind of the evolution, what, what brought you to this place, and also what's the backstory on Nectify, and tell us a little bit about your agency. Okay. Um, yeah, so Nectify uh, has been around in its current incarnation for about uh, three years. I actually had started um, a company, if you can call it that. It was me working out of the basement uh, web design in 2011, January of 2011. And I had the uh, a hilarious name picked. Unfortunately, it got us off to the wrong start. The company name was Nearly Freelance. Kind of let that sink in nice. for a second. Yeah, Nearly <laughs> Freelance. Um, the problem was, of course, everybody forgot the Nearly part. So when I talked to people, they were like, hey, Freelance, Awesome. And um, so all kidding aside, we knew that I wanted to build a company, not just be me working in the basement. So um, we changed the name to Nectify. Crazy story around that doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. I took a look at Guava Box earlier and I saw that you guys have kind of a, a crazy name as well. We we um, we used the, the word nectar a lot in our marketing because I love the concept of it. You know, the idea is that in the in the natural world plants produce this stuff that other creatures want to contain, you know, want to consume. And so they buzz and fly all over and land on these flowers and, and get this nectar, which is really good for the bug. It's great for the flower. And while they're there, they pick up some pollen and kind of take the message of that flower to other places. Right. So nectar is like this really powerful marketing image. And um, of course, up here in Boston, we drop ours off of everything. I don't, cause I'm not from here, but the folks around me do. So we have nectar. So we have Nectify, um, you know, c- like crazy it. name. <laughs> um, so in terms of how we got to where we are now, so um, I hired Tiffany um, with my first uh, full-time hire. And I I probably should put a disclaimer on anything I say, which is don't do anything that I did um, because I am uh, I seem to kind of get everything backwards and stuff happens good in spite of me most of the time. Uh, but Tiffany, uh, w- one thing that we have done is we've hired really, really great people. 
And um, I, I read a book later. Um, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with it, but the idea of making sure you have the right people on the bus, first of all, and then you work on getting the people in the right seats on the bus. And um, that's kind of what I did with Tiffany is I knew I had worked with Tiffany at a previous uh, job. I had actually hired her as a communications director. And um, I knew I wanted Tiffany to work with us because she has a really great eye for quality. Uh, she is super organized, which I am super not. So, um, you know, we knew that that kind of would play well together. Um, I hired her before I really could afford to. I think this is where the disclaimer kicks in, right? Um, you, had, you had mentioned in, in some of the notes that you sent me, you know, did we hire out of our profits or, hire, you know, we raise investment money or whatever. We hired out of our operating expenses, not even out of our profit, nice. <laughs> which is totally crazy and not a good idea. But, um, you know, I am firmly convinced that hiring is the key to, to unlocking new potential, unlocking new growth. And so I'm constantly trying to figure out how we're going to hire the next person, even before the, the telltale signs of it's time to hire. Right. Um, so that's that's how we got started. It was Tiffany and I working together. Then we've added team members along the way. Okay. So Lance, you started out, uh, first of all, nearly freelance <laughs> is I'm a big pun fan. So, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, so that, that, that hit home for me. Um, with, um, so you're doing web design as you start up, as you switch over and become Nectify and bring on Tiffany, yep. what is the, fo did you part, when did you start partnering with HubSpot? Did you want to be an inbound marketing uh, agency? Question. How do you yeah, describe I, yourself I today? I clarified that. That's a great question. So, Early on, even as nearly freelance, uh, I was designing websites and you know doing my best to build them out and and charging far too little. Um, I realized that really where I wanted to go was content, uh, and so we began to work with content um, even before we we changed the company name to Nectify. So when we officially became Nectify, that's when I said, "All right, what we need to do is focus on content marketing." We really haven't hadn't even um, subscribe to the, you know, specific HubSpot phrase of inbound marketing yet. Um, and we're going to help people with the content. I honestly didn't have much of a plan on how that was going to happen. Um, I didn't really understand how to charge for it. I didn't understand how to deliver it. Um, and so we had begun to do that a little bit uh, for ourselves and for a few clients. Uh, and then in October of, um, 2013, so two, about two years ago, um, I had actually had a really interesting conversation. This is uh, far, probably far too much background information, but I have a, a, a man that I really respect and admire. He built his own business, worked uh, as this tiny consulting company. He worked for the IRS, which is funny to me. And I had a conversation with him in early October about some things. And he just mentioned that one of the, the keys to their success was being able to partner with larger companies to get the attention of, of larger organizations like the IRS. And um, this light bulb went off in my mind. I went, wait a minute, HubSpot's in the space that they're talking to the people that I think we can serve. Um, I should look into HubSpot. And um, so literally when I got back off of that trip to Atlanta, I called up HubSpot and said, I want to talk to somebody about the partner uh, program. And um, I, I decided at that time, I said, you know, I want to 
I never want to sell something or tell somebody else that something's going to work that I don't personally believe in and practice myself. You know, that's sort of the, you know, I want to be a doer, not just a talker. So I wrote, uh, I basically said, all right, I'm going to go public with this. I'm going to do everything HubSpot says. I'm going to do inbound. I'm going to learn all the tools and I'm going to document this experiment. And so I wrote a blog post about, um, you know, does HubSpot really work? And it was cool because I instantly got the folks' attention at HubSpot. They sort of um, actually Darmesh, uh, the, the co-founder of HubSpot, tweeted my article. He commented on it. It got picked up in the New York Times small business blog for some bizarre reason. <laughs> and so literally, like instantly, there was some some attention paid to what we were doing. So, um, but we have since since that day, we have wholeheartedly embraced inbound marketing for ourselves. We, everybody on our team has to write, everybody on our team participates in our own inbound marketing. And uh, it's been like a core component of what we do. And um, it's hard to believe it's already been two years, but yeah, two years in October, we started wow. with HubSpot. Wow. That's great. Yeah. So that, in that, um, I think Lance, didn't you have, didn't you have like a month by month update as you guys were yeah. getting up with HubSpot? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I wrote that first post and I said, all right, here are all my current numbers. And I was kind of embarrassed, you know, roll them out and here's what we're currently doing. And, um, I I'll do an update post every month. So I did that, um, for about six months. And then I did a post that I think the odd number of 11 months, I'm not sure why. And, um, that's the last update we did, but we need to do another one because it's just continued to, to grow and develop. Right. Well, I think that was a great strategy for a number of reasons. One, there's not a lot of people who have done that. And what it, what it kind of reminds me of is the trend. I don't know if you follow Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income at all. I discovered him after the fact, yeah. Okay. What, what it reminded me of is he was one of the guys who's popularized the idea of sharing your income reports. <laughs> and in some ways, that's, that's kind of the equivalent of what you were doing is, hey, here's our exact numbers. But, but it's a showcase. Obviously, it's great for people who are wondering, does HubSpot work? Uh, but really, this is the exact question that you you run into in the sales process every time. Does, yep. does this really work? How long does it take to work? Um, and so that transparency and already having that all produced, I've got to believe it has paid off in the uh, in the sales process for sure. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of back to that being real thing, right? Like it wasn't, I, I mean, I, I am grateful that you called it a great strategy. I would like to say that I had planned this out and thought, oh, this is going to be amazing. But for, for me, honestly, it was a real question. Like, all right, does this really work? If it really works, I want to sell it. I want to be a part of it. If it doesn't, I don't want to waste your time or my time. And so I think the fact that it's born out of a real question that I really had really resonated with people. Yeah, exactly. And that's been a recurring theme on the on the podcast here is the folks who have been successful are the people who take it and have practiced it for themselves first before taking it out. And I, it seems intuitive that you would have to do it that way. <laughs> Uh, because otherwise, how do you know what you're selling? But there, there are so many folks who don't don't practice that. So that's well, uh, I think, and I don't know. I, you know, I I love the guys at HubSpot and and all of that, but they know that I also I I am not one with HubSpot in the sense that I also have some critique for kind of what they do and how they move things forward. I think they're a really great. They do a great job of selling HubSpot to agencies, right? And don't always um, explain to agencies how critical it is that they really 
completely buy into inbound and not just add it to a list of services uh, that they offer. Right. Yeah. Buying HubSpot doesn't make you successful. <laughs> if you buy into inbound, you've got a much better shot, but by just having a software subscription doesn't change anyone's business That's other than impact the operating expenses. But <laughs> well, awesome. So you started out, you um, transitioned into content, you experimented with HubSpot, you brought Tiffany out of the team earlier um, tell us about what the team looks like today and what that, what the team growth has, um, kind of what the timeline has looked like and the, the different types of talent who you've brought onto the team. Sure. Um, and again, I can tell you what we've done that's worked and what we've done that's worked in spite of ourselves and then what's not worked. Yep. So, um, the, the first thing that we did with Tiffany is I said, well, we need to, to have a writer in house. And that's one of the, one of our unique things is that all of our writing, all of our content, everything that's created comes from within our company. We don't outsource certain parts of that. Um, and so I asked Tiffany, I said, who do you know that's really good at writing? And she has a sister-in-law who is Emily, um, who was writing, has a journalism degree and was actually writing for, I think, the University of Florida administrative offices. And um, so we reached out to her and um, she started working for us on a part-time basis. So uh, one thing I guess I should probably clarify, Gray, is that our company is completely remote. Um, and so that has really changed how we go about hiring, obviously. Right. Um, there are things that matter to people who don't work remotely that um, that don't matter at all to remote workers and vice versa. So, um, so a couple of our employees are actually work-from-home moms. Uh, they, they've got great skills that they really want to use in the workforce, but they also, uh, either through the age of their kids or, you know, some decisions that they're making have decided they want to work from home. Um, Tiffany's in that case. Um, and, uh, Emily is the same. Um, we, I'll, I'll get the sequence all out of order here, but basically from Emily, then we, um, we hired, um, uh, again, I went back to Tiffany and said, all right, who else do you know? And she said, well, my sister Tracy is a really amazing writer. <laughs> and I said, well, let's talk to your sister Tracy then. And, um, and Tracy now actually works for us full time uh, as a writer. Um, they, uh, so they, they're all doing great. We hired uh, Marissa, who's actually a work from home mom, but she actually does live here in the area. Um, her role is not just writer, but um, really um, you could call her like an office administrator, but we don't really have an office. So she's the one who wrangles the, the 25 different software platforms that we're using for everything. Um, she's the one who tries to keep me organized, which takes a, a Herculean effort, um, that sort of thing. Um, about two years ago, I um, found a web developer using Odesk, and uh, it's called Upwork, I think now. And um, my goal every time I hire somebody on Odesk is to build a relationship with them. Um, and so that at some point, um, you know, they could potentially work for us full time, not not outside the bounds of the Odesk agreement, but, you know, kind of in line with what they've got there. And um, and so I found Nikolai, who's actually um, at the time was living in Moldova, which I didn't even know where that was. And for that was like two years ago, I guess, right when we started. And Nikolai and I have worked really, really well together. And so a year ago, we hired him, um, you know, full time, or he just works on our projects full time. 
Um, and he is uh, just doing a, a fantastic job. They've moved to Amsterdam, so we've kind of got European presence now. Um, and um, then we've hired, um, in last August, I decided it was time to hire um, somebody who really knew it, marketing, inbound marketing. And there was a, a man that I had met uh, here in Boston. His name was Henry, a young man just out of college, had started his own marketing agency, which got my attention, of course, because he was ambitious and all of that. We had actually worked on a couple of projects together uh, independently. Uh, he moved to San Diego and uh, to go to work for a couple of startups out there and um, got a great a lot of great experience. But I had sort of kept an eye on him watching what he you know, how he's doing and all that. And when I decided it was time to hire that position, finally, I um, I just hoped against hope that I could talk him into working for us. And um, he, it actually worked out and he was uh, excited about the opportunity. I was thrilled and literally he has become just my right hand man for lack of a better <laughs> expression. Um, he does a great job of running um, the, our accounts. He has a great mind for marketing strategy. He's got great presence with our clients and he's got great leadership entrepreneurial abilities, which help us in the business development side. Um, so that was last August. And actually I was just thinking this morning out on my morning walk that um, it's crazy that it's just been a little over a year that he's been a part of what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, let me, I'll speed up the pace just a little. So then we knew that we needed to hire another writer. Uh, and so we began our first official like um, hiring process. So we built an entire thing. I've got several articles about this on our website, actually, about our hiring process. And we um, we hired two people in February as a result of that process. Uh, one of them went through our 45-day boot camp and quit. Uh, the other one became a full-time writer, and she's just been awesome. Her name's Megan. And um, so that's been a part of that journey as well, as that we've had some losses, <laughs> Um, and, and learned a lot about that process. Right. Wow. That's uh, quite a growth story. It's, um, it is funny how you find somebody who's connected and that can lead to a lot of additional people. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but that's kind of the path we went down. Right. Right. It's work, <laughs> work, working out in this case. Well, that's awesome. So as you're bringing people onto the team, Lance, this is, um, this is a question that a lot of people d- are uncomfortable addressing out loud, but is this, um, is everyone who's brought on coming on out of kind of what's the, what's the model financing wise to get them into the team as you're growing? Are you profitable throughout this period that you can bring them on? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, essentially like I, like I mentioned with Tiffany's hire, every hire has been a hire out of need, um, and really yeah, basically, instead of taking profits, hiring the next person. Um, I mean, that's it's, it basically covers my salary. Right. Uh, which I will, I, this isn't a part of this conversation necessarily, but I will say that one of the things that maybe may have been unique to our situation when I started this company is I knew that it had to feed my family. And so from day one, I have paid myself just like a, an employee. Uh, and that's been a big, big deal. So when we talk about being profitable, we've, we definitely have been profitable in the sense that I could pay myself all of this time, 
But then as soon as we took that next step up in revenue, I was immediately immediately looking to hire. Like I didn't build a cash reserve, which would have been smart, but um, I didn't do that. I just said, all right, now we've got this kind of margin that we can work with. It's time to hire the next person because we need to, we need to grow. So right. that's sort of the, the model that I've been in. Um, and um, right now we're in a little bit of a transition. I hired a graphic designer uh, at the beginning of the summer. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work out. I just had to kind of go separate ways a few weeks ago. But really, we're, summer was a, a rough period of time for us financially. So right now, we're basically kind of regrouping, um, figuring out how we're going to do this. But, but our goal is in January uh, to have some cash reserves, and we'll hire our next inbound marketer. Awesome. I really appreciate you being willing to share that. And I think that's something that in talking with agency owners, a lot of people struggle with the question of who do I hire first? What role am I hiring for? Mm. But then also, where do I come up with, um, especially as, as a young startup agency, where do I come up? How do I make uh, the financial side of things work? So that's always helpful to hear how people have done it. And there's a lot can of different I, ways to, to do it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, can I tell you one thing? I left this out of the story, that, but it's a super critical piece. And that is about a year and a half ago, I decided to hire a business coach. Um, and, you know, that again, that's expensive. That comes out of the profits. But having a, a third party hold me accountable for the business development side of things, and especially that hiring and kind of the financial literacy that I didn't necessarily have has been huge for me. So I'm just throwing that out there. Great. Yeah, that's I've been uh, kind of surprised by the number of people who have done that. Um, who are working with coaches. I think I just had a perception that not that many people were actually taking the time to go find somebody else to coach them through this. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of surprised me, but it's something that we see with a lot of successful folks. So having some kind of, whether it's paid or just a, you know, an unpaid mentor, if they happen to be in the situation where they know somebody, but Lance, you mentioned the hiring process and you brought up the 45 day boot camp. Do you, <laughs> would you be willing to share with us kind of what the hiring and onboarding process looks like? Yeah, but uh, as an aside, I hired an HR consultant after we had instituted the 45-day boot camp, and they basically told me that I needed to stop that immediately. <laughs> so we've since stopped that immediately. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I guess I don't, I don't exactly understand why, but I think it is the uh, fact that essentially when you say there's a 45-day boot camp, you've just gone from an at-will agreement, which is how employment in America works for basically for companies, to a contract which then becomes a lot more legally involved. So mm -hmm. that, that's just an aside. Um, but the idea behind it, and we actually do have this discussion as we're hiring people, is that our goal is we take a long time to hire. We have a gigantic process. We looked at hundreds of resumes before we hired one person. Um, and when we hire them, what we say is, we're going to evaluate your work. You're going to evaluate us. We're going to be super wide open and we want to figure out really quick if this is going to work, because if it's not going to work for both of us, the last thing that we both need is to go on and on and on trying to make something work that's just not working. So we do have a very candid conversation, even with our current structure, um, and say, you know, that's that's how this works is it has to work for both of us. Um, we, we really have a lot of wide open meetings. Um, we talk about what's going on. And um, we, <clears throat> excuse me, we really focus on trust and honesty um, and being as kind as we can. But we've got to, you know, we've got to do that for the health of our company. 
for sure. Lance, as you're bringing people onto the team, how does the what's kind of in place? Is it just the onboarding process, hopefully being strong enough and working together closely, um, or what what keeps the quality of the work to the standards that you need? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one thing that we've worked on as a team is kind of our core values, and I. The reason we worked on it as a team is because I didn't want it to just be something that I handed down and said, all right, everybody pay attention to this. And so it's re it reflects what we really value as a team. And each person on the team is responsible for, if you will, enforcing that for everybody else. Uh, you know, it's our job to call out somebody if they're not being transparent or if they're being uh, confusing or they're not using simple explanations instead of complicated, convoluted ones. And uh, and so we make that a big part of what we do. We also, because we're remote, uh, we do a lot of video conference meetings that help build trust. Uh, in fact, I saw a report not long ago that video is uh, um, people perceive video to to really be some a place they can get honest answers, which is interesting. Um, at the new employee is required to do a one on one meeting with every team member within the first two weeks. Uh, we have kind of a, a whole onboard process that we go through where I review core values. They meet with Tiffany, who's our editor in chief, to go over, you know, expectations around their their writing abilities or their communication abilities. And Henry goes over how how things work um, with our whole inbound structure. So we have all of these pieces that we've built a process around. Uh, and that's one of the things that we're learning is that as you grow, you absolutely have to have processes in place. Um, and I hate that personally, because I'm a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. Uh, but I've learned that the process is a key. And I'm more than happy to, uh, you know, to to share link out to whatever we've got uh, available. Uh, if yeah. that is helpful to anybody. Great. Yeah, Lance, maybe uh, I'll, I'll grab some links from you after the interview. And we'll include those in the show notes for sure. Okay. Um, so in terms of, I mean, processes are key and you mentioned video. I think that folks always want to know what tools are other people using. So are you using like a, like a Slack or hip chat for chat? And then what do you use for video? Well, we like to say that we're not hip enough to use hip chat. We make fun of ourselves about that. We're, we actually use Skype for all of our company communication. Okay. Um, we, you know, we try not to be too dependent on it, but the other day Skype went down and we were completely hamstrung. Yep. Um, but we use Skype for everything, um, in terms of, um, you know, chatting and that sort of thing back and forth. But for video, we use zoom, which has been huge. We absolutely love it. We moved to zoom from the go to meeting, I think, or whatever we were on, because there's a, there was a limit on the number of video streams that you could have at once. Mm -hmm. uh, and with zoom, you can go up to 25, which is perfect for our team. Right. Uh, we do an all team video meeting every week. And so that was a critical piece. Uh, but so yes, yeah, Skype and Zoom are our two um, basic communication tools. Awesome, and that's uh, the website is Zoom.us. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. So, Lance, I I mean, this has been super helpful. This is a question that uh, you have just lived through. But if you're talking to an agency owner who has partnered up with HubSpot or been trying to do inbound or content marketing for the past year or two but they just can't figure out how to unlock growth and how to grow quickly, at least in, ramp up what they're doing right now. They're really struggling. What's the advice that you have based on your experience and what you've seen to help them? And what's the, what's the prioritized list of how they should go about uh, figuring out how to grow? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think first of all, and this may be too touchy feely, but I think for, for me, it was sitting down and figuring out what are the questions that I have? What, what are the things that I want to know? What are the things that, that the people I work with want to know? And then I'm going to write about it from a point of complete candor. Um, because, you know, when you're writing about stuff like that, you can't write from a point of experience, but you can write from a point of transparency. And I think being willing just to be you, whatever that looks like, I know that sounds kind of sappy, but um, I think so many agencies think like, um, you know, we can do this and we can kind of be conservative and we can um, sort of hide behind cool answers. But really at the end, at the end of the, at the end of the day, you've got to, focus on what makes your agency unique and that's you that's the people right that's the things that you guys bring to the table so think about what are our strengths and let's start talking about them let's figure out who are we trying to work with what are the questions that they have we do a thing called buyer question matrix which sounds really cool but basically it just means after we identify personas of somebody we say all right let's go through and think about what are all the questions they could potentially be asking at any point in the buyer journey Start there and then write from a point of honesty, you know, be, uh, you know, approach it just like you would a conversation across the table with somebody. Is that going to generate instant success? Most likely not. Although I think if you write from a, a enough point of transparency, it gets people's attention because it's so unusual. Yep. Um, and then I think that the part that that is not fun is you have to literally just commit to making it work all in. Um, you know, one of, one of the things my business coach says is she'll only work with businesses who have been around for three years and have a certain amount of revenue, because at that point, they're all in the business owners aren't going to cut and run. And it's the same thing with inbound. If you just kind of like put your foot in the in the water and say, you know, if this works, that'll be great. And if not, we're going to go try something else. Most likely, it's not going to work because you have to completely dive in, which means you set up content calendars for yourself. You're turning out content even when you don't feel like it, even when you've got client work that's so much more important because you have to get paid. Um, that has to be a foundation. We are going to do our inbound marketing um, and, you know, commit, sell yeah. out for it. Man, there were a lot of good good pieces of advice in there. I think that being you is huge. The commitment piece, I think a lot of, a lot of it comes down to desire and how badly a human desire is a really powerful thing and a gift that we've been given. <laughs> And how badly do you really want something? Um, it's good. We'll, de we'll determine a lot of things. So I was going to wrap up the interview, but now I have to ask one more question because you brought up being you. So tell us about the orange shoes. <laughs> um, well, I've always been a little weird anyway. So like doing the orange shoes is no big deal. But basically, I wanted something that, um, you know, I knew that when we came up with the name Nectify, it had to be orange because nectar is sort of orangish gold or whatever. Yep. Um, and so, and then of course I realized much later that orange is the marketer's favorite color. I didn't realize that until afterward, but, um, so I just wanted something that, um, could be kind of iconic for us. And so, uh, later I had to attach meaning to it, but basically what we do with, with Nectify is when an employee has been with us for a certain number of days, um, they get to pick out their own, build their own converse shoes, as long as they include orange in it. So the idea is we all have something in common but we still get to be unique. That is awesome. So there you go. <laughs> Man, good stuff, Lance. I really appreciate your time here. Um, we've enjoyed learning from you and hearing about 
the the ups and the downs and the journey that you guys are on. You're building a good thing at Nectify and uh, wish you the best. Where's the best place for folks if they want to follow up and ask you questions? What's maybe the one best place for them to get in touch with you online? Lance at Nectify.com. There it is. Good stuff. All right. Well, all this, all these uh, resources that you mentioned here, Lance, and we'll get we'll get a couple more resources from you around the onboarding process uh, once we once we stop recording here. Those will be in the show notes at doinbound.com slash podcast. And appreciate you making time today, Lance. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much, Gray. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.